Welcome to another episode of the Speech Entry Podcast today with Florian Lübner. Hi, Flo. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. I have my coffee in front of me. <laughs> Let's get this recorded. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I don't have a coffee in front of me, uh, but I had it already like two, hour, two hours ago. But hopefully we'll get an, uh, another one in, in the next couple of hours. But, uh, you know, the, the funny thing is, you said whatever happens today, we're going to get this recorded um, because we already talked for, for quite some time. Uh, and and uh, somehow we're not able to record because um, you know either I was uh, I was talking just uh, the entire time and we didn't get it done or you know um, you were just super interested in what I was telling you. <laughs> yeah, but plus a little bit of Corona came in the way. <laughs> that's that's true. That's true. Um, but I'm happy that we're doing this today. So um, you know, as as always, we start the same way. Uh, we we obviously would like to know who is it that we're talking to today. So uh, kind of as a, as a uh, icebreaker today, uh, you know, who's, who's Florian, where are you coming from? What have you done? What's your story? And uh, how did you end up where you are today? Oh, what's my story? That's a big one. So my, my name is Florian Hübner and I, I am currently in Berlin. I am German. My background is I am a hardcore nerd. I studied computer science. I was almost 100% sure that I would end up at university doing research and, and teaching computer science as a professor. However, you know, everything happened a little differently. Um, I studied in the south of Germany and then a bit all over the world. Uh, you know, as, as it was nice to travel, I spent some time in Australia, some time in the States. And when the time came to do, to do a PhD, which you need when you want to become a professor, um, you know, I... I actually started to work first for a consultancy and I started a job at McKinsey. Um, and at the time, you know, I thought that this would probably be really cool to give me a different perspective on what else is out there and what else is possible. You know, my, my whole family in, in some capacity works for the state from, from professors to tax authorities, to kindergartners, to teachers. Yeah, and, and so for me, you know, getting, getting a feel for, uh, what is happening in like the free market economy yeah. um, that was it plus um, I mean I think it's this thing you probably never go wrong starting a job um, at, at such a consulting firm and so so I tried it and I actually stayed for three and a half years I I think I learned a lot also about myself yeah and then um, you know for this thing and this is really important I had moved to Berlin because I mean you're flying around uh, to clients anyway and then, you know, I wanted to pick a really cool home base. Yeah. And um, so here, the startup scene was, was really thriving. Yeah. And there was so much going on. And then over the years, you know, I made some friends who were working in, in startups, who were working in pretty cool tech companies, a lot of e-commerce actually at the time also that was quite dominant. And, and so I, I had an idea of, of what that was. And um, still decided to go back to university for a bit and um, started a PhD at the Hassel Plattner Institute in Potsdam. And for everybody who's not from around, Potsdam is like a smaller city right next to Berlin. And um, the cool thing is that my thesis advisor, as we lovingly say in German, my doctoral father yeah, was uh, Hassel Plattner himself. So, so the founder of SAP. And obviously he's a crazy entrepreneur and um, I mean, the prime example for uh, German enterprise software. And that was also interesting. And I, I think the combination of these things probably led to me at some point deciding, nah, 
university is not really for me anymore. I want to start a business. And so I'm, I'm pretty proud, you know, because back then at least I would have described myself to be fairly risk averse. Yeah. And, and still I quit two jobs in one day and then called my parents. And, um, and at the time, you know, I, I got really, really lucky. My, my oldest friend, uh, had also moved to Berlin. He had some startup experience, had started a company, um, but was not really happy with the setup. And at the time was thinking about changing that up. And he and I were sitting together and we said, fuck it, <laughs> let's do something together. And, uh, you know, I mean, this is actually also a little bit quote unquote romantic, you know, as I mean, many people say you should not start a business with a close friend, you know, then, then business gets in the way of the friendship or the other way around. But for me, I've, I've known this guy since I'm six years old and I know that he's super sharp and super cool. And actually that we communicate very, very well. And so with, uh, you know, more than 20 years of friendship under the belt, we said that this is probably a great idea and turns out it was. So in 20, 2012, we started um, a company back then uh, with a slightly different concept than what we're doing now. Um, but yeah, so so we we are 10 years into it now, you know. Yeah, uh, we're gonna get into the to 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 the company and your journey there in, in a bit. But you know, uh, how was it? How was how was that experience actually with uh, with hustles in terms of like? Did you actually exchange with them uh, a lot? Like I, I cannot even imagine whether I know he's big into education, right? And I, I mean, he built up this entire ecosystem there. But like, did did working with him or in in any sense kind of influence you to a degree? Like, did you talk with him about anything other than what you were working on from a research perspective? Mm, no, not really. Not mm. really. And I, I mean, in a way, you know, what, what, what I thought was quite interesting. I mean, he's also not not a computer science researcher per se yeah. so he's not going to help me build algorithms but i think with everything he does he does have a quite entrepreneurial set of glasses uh, mm -hmm. that he's wearing when, when he's looking at stuff and yeah. so it's it's not that we were sitting together every day for hours you know the guy yeah. is fairly busy um but still you know also observing this this kind of being busy and how he would connect stuff or how he rigorously would focus on on some things that that are important from his perspective to the success of some research some business mm -hmm. endeavor some some deal or so on you know i i think uh, that that may have had some influence i also want to admit at the time i wasn't so conscious about it yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's more you know you you witness this and then uh, maybe here and there you know kind of slumdog millionaire like you know in, yeah. in hindsight you connect the dots a little bit and say ha huh, you know, this is why I should push here, do this, not do that. And, and also, I mean, he's a, he's a very, very special character. And I, I think that, you know, he and I are probably not super alike, yeah, but, but it definitely was a very interesting experience. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Um, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I, I still try to get, um, do you know whether there's data on how many people that are ex-McKinsey start companies? And there, there probably is data, but I think they are keeping it under wraps. Also, I would ask this question differently, you know, because I think the better question is probably how many people who are ex-McKinsey start successful businesses. Yeah, And I know, yeah. I know, I know. I mean, it's, it's fine to start a business and not be successful. Yeah, but um, ultimately, you probably want to put that next to the pack and 
and then you know refine the question further and probably i thinking live here yeah but probably um, you know then ask hey are ex consultants ex mckinsey's if you, if you want yeah the better entrepreneurs and mm -hmm. there my gut feel would say no yeah yeah better operators that's for sure uh but okay so uh, 2012 i mean if we look back at the the last decade it's it's i think it's it's uh, timing wise I, I think it was a great 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 time to to start a company right 2012 uh like just taking into consideration the the growth over the last decade etc but let's let's talk about the early days so you know I mean, now you're, you're a super huge, successful company, but how did you start out, uh, you know, with your friend? Like, what was the what was the early days looking like? Like, what was your, how did you come up with the, the business model? How did you finance yourself? Uh, you quit your job, called your parents. What was the next, next week looking like? Yeah, I, I, next week was was all hands on, you know? And and I think this is also something that, that people forget. Yeah, and I, I don't want to, I mean, I'm, I'm super happy about our whole trajectory and it was a great time but it was very 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 different yeah and there, there's a couple of lessons in there also some that that i actually would attribute to to david my co-founder or maybe the combination of us um, but but you know in in the beginning you, you really just have to want to do that yeah and I, I think that's also maybe where times have changed you know i haven't started a business lately but i do have the feeling that the base setup that people create for starting a company now is much thicker than, than what we did 10 years ago. Um, because really, you know, I, I quit my job and we were sitting in the living room and we had a couple of laptops and we just, you know, started to iterate and to work on our stuff. Uh, and in the beginning, we, we did not really do what we were always doing today, but, and, and maybe I, I should tell this. So, I mean, we are working... Uh, we were working under the hypothesis that you can do stuff online that has impact on businesses offline. So mm -hmm. going to stores. Yeah, and by now, yeah, everybody would say yes. Yeah, but in, in 2012, it was a little bit new. And there were companies around like Groupon who were selling vouchers online for businesses offline and actually demonstrate this mechanism quite well, but in a way that was absolutely not sustainable. And, and so we wanted to build this better. And... Yeah, that's that's what we were working on. Yeah, and then we were building prototypes and coming up with ideas and testing out mechanisms and uh, running to stores ourselves, showing them paper prototypes. We were raising some angel money, um, but but really, I mean, uh, in very very mild doses compared to the kind of money that's that's flying around now. Yeah, and um, so so I think you know I have very very fond memories of the time where where you know we were working crazy hours of course and um, we all cut down our salaries like crazy yeah? um, because you know it was just like okay what do you need to pay your rent and food uh, and and still i mean I, I wasn't i was living nicely but but you know it's it's not that you do any crazy expenditures then but also you're really so motivated to put everything into the business yeah so so there's that um i I, I think that in a positive way, we were super scrappy with what we were taking and putting it in front of people out of necessity. You know, I, I think in hindsight, uh, people look at this and, and they talk about minimum viable products and so on. And I think all that makes sense. 
um, but maybe maybe we're looking at it from from the wrong side, you know, looking backwards. But looking forward, actually, these these also make sense because you do not have the capacity to build much much more, and so it happens in a somewhat correct way out of necessity. Yeah. So so there was that, and, and literally, you know, we were standing with printed out papers of apps in front of local businesses and telling them what we are doing and asking them if they'd be interested to join. Yeah. Mobile internet at the time was very different. Mobile payment almost didn't work at all. Uh, and there was a lot of stuff happening. And then, you know, also uh, raising some, some angel money was, was interesting. We, we talked to a couple of people and step-by-step, you know, also convinced more, uh, more, yeah, I, I don't know, it wasn't funds, you know, some, some individuals and, and some, some funds then um, to, to help us out to, to buy into the concept. But, you know, looking backwards, I, I think this is also crazy cool, you know, that, that people really were saying, I'm, I'm looking at these dudes and I have no very concrete idea what's going to happen, but I want to be a part of it. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, that's, that's fantastic. And actually also a very, very smart way of investing, you know, I mean, they, they were not putting their, their uh, pension at risk for this. I can tell you that. Yeah. But, but still, you know, they, they were putting this into it and, and actually, you know, thinking of one specific individual, you know, making a really good job and, you know, then letting us do our job. Yeah. Mm. And so, so, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. And yeah. And I mean, yeah, I, I remember that we also thought we did some outrageous things in the first year, you know, we, we actually did not do any vacation, but, but we traveled to Spain for, for a week, rented an Airbnb and just worked from there because we felt like, okay, we need some uh, change of, of scenery uh, to, to stay creative and, and do stuff. And so we did this. And, and then at the, at the very same time, you know, we were also critically looking at what we were doing and. I mean, you know by now that, that we, I, I don't know if you know the story, by the way, but that we changed um, our, our concept nine months into, into what we were doing um, from a business perspective, not really from a what are we doing perspective. Yeah. And, and so also, you know, staying courageous enough to do that. It's, it's crazy. You know, you have some people who join early on who are also then, then friends you in the trenches together. And a couple of months later, they say, look, I'm not up for a couple of years of, entrepreneurial life and they they leave and then you know you also gotta say to yourself that probably means they are not as convinced of this as i am what does yeah. that tell me about my own conviction <laughs> yeah so so there's that but at the same time you know i i do have very close friendships with with people who we were working with at the time um, externally and internally actually you know tonight I'm I'm having dinner with a friend who I only know from from that year. We worked together for a couple of months in in 2012, and damn, you know, we, we're really close. Uh, so, yeah. so uh, it's it's it was a beautiful time. Yeah, yeah. So let, let's talk about the first, let's say, success in in really in the sense of you know you guys knowing okay you, we we haven't wasted our time, but we actually built something where we are safe to say that we are on a good course. You know, like we we will not will not drown like in the next you know two two to three months but really let's say substantial have built a substantial base uh, let's let's talk about that first success was it was it was it uh, already before before uh, you you guys got like a acquisition offer or um 
you know when when was when was kind of that first moment for you personally you know let, let me tell you a secret <laughs> that you're recording but um so i still sometimes don't realize that we passed that threshold <laughs> and but but i i think in, in a way you know if, if that doesn't become too much of a burden on on my soul anyone's soul you know i, I think it's also a good thing yeah because mm. there's i mean it's about for me you know about not getting comfortable yeah? and i i think you know there's also when you want to build something fast and we're talking about you know uh, speed here yeah so uh, then then you know you you're always trying to be one two steps ahead of what you actually can grasp for sure yeah and so so you know we i mean it's it's nice you know but when when we get got some first angel money i was already thinking like okay fucking hell what do we do when we run out of this yeah, yeah. Um, and when we had the first you know person checking out uh in, in self-service mode through our website you know i remember i was uh i was you know diving into the beanbag into into uh, uh the beanbag in our small office yeah and and still i was thinking like ah, fuck you know how do we get the second one and actually you know uh i, I tell you this the first one the payment failed <laughs> yeah so the credit card was wasn't covered yeah and and so so there's there's these things yeah and and that's really really ongoing and then um in in december 2012 so still within the first year we we raised a small seed round while we were changing our concept and you know that was also great but but you know there were people really interested in in what we were doing hey project a uh, um and at the same time you know, we were like, okay, but but how does this go on when and you know, is this still there when we when we explain better that we think it's it's time to to do some bigger changes, yeah? And and so there's always you know uh, a field of tension between yeah. you know being happy about the successes that you see and and being obsessive, you know, that it might have been the last one, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so do you do you have like? I don't know whether there's a syndrome for that, but uh, for, for this, but like, do you uh, sometimes fear that you could still like lose, like everything? <laughs> nah, not like that. Yeah, okay, I mean, I, mean okay. I could I could tell you the story now. I, I think that would be unrealistic, very very unrealistic. Uh, but yeah. but you know, it's it's a little bit. I, I said this some years back, and and that, that stuck with me. You know, it's a little bit like. Uh, like playing Super Mario Land, you know. At some yeah. point, you know <laughs> that that you played the first ten levels and that you get to the next one there. Yeah? But you might die there, and then you have to do parts of the way again, yeah, 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 and yeah, and yeah. and try that one again. And there's there's always the next end boss, yeah. And we haven't freed the princess yet. Yeah, yeah. How 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 much uh, how much did you raise in 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 seed or in in, 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 in seed? <laughs> no, not in seed, um, but, but like in the first, uh, not in seed, sorry, but like you, you got some angel investment, you said like in the first year, but like. Um, yeah, I, I think the first money that we got was, ooh, I, I wouldn't sign with blood that it's the exact right number, but something like 150K. Okay. 150,000. I mean, this is, you know, founders don't get out of bed for this today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Yeah. All right. Um, But uh, what were. So, um, what was uh, we, when we talked like last time? You, you said that um, I, I asked you whether you got like acquisition 
acquisition offers like along the way you know kind of to because i asked you like that's super crazy 2012 it's 2022 it's like 10 years in the going and uh you you told me like the first time we talked you 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 said that you had like you know people coming from other countries over uh, from the other offices you guys working together super intense uh you know many hours up until late everything and this is like you know this is like an entire fucking decade of of you know of a of an in level of intensity and speed that that is it's it's like uh it's like professional sport sports you know uh so it, for 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 an entire decade like how how do you cope with that like how do how do you actually perform on on such a high like such a high level for such a yes. long time first of all thank you very much yeah that's that's very kind of you to say i i look i mean you only know yourself really well right yeah. and and you do not know how it feels for others so i can only speculate you know but i really like what i'm doing you know okay. i i think that that's kind of uh the the basis to to the secret yeah i really like what i'm doing and i i have a healthy degree of of ambition i would say you know but but not as in as in i i want to conquer the world or anything but always like yeah. you know you what what's the status quo and am i am i satisfied with that or do i not have 10 ideas where this could be better and this is in all dimensions you know how we're building a company how we're building our product how we're going to market how the world is changing which actually adds to all these dimensions and and what was the best product or the best you know, organization two years ago you know is is maybe only you know top quartile uh, now yeah. and and then you got to stretch a little bit again yeah and and so that game never ends and i i also want to say i mean i have huge respect for for um, founders that I see around me, entrepreneurs, actually, also not only that, I mean, let's, let's not forget, you know, I mean, this, there's a saying about standing on the shoulders of giants, right? And, mm. and I mean, overall, is 450 people all across the globe. And I have such amazing colleagues, and I'm in awe, yeah, all the time mm. with what they can do, and how we're developing and, and servicing and telling our own story and explaining to people, um, what what we think you know is is possible, and and so so you know I I really feel that that I'm also in service to all of them, yeah. yeah. So yeah. so I need to do right by all our clients, by all my colleagues, by by everybody along the way, by our investors, of course, yeah. And and so hey, I'm I'm definitely not done with that, yeah. And yeah. also you know I, we we did not start this, and I think that is important. And and some people do are not successful with this, but for me. We didn't start this uh, in this in this way that we are starting a startup. We were building a business, yeah. Yeah. and and I mean, building a business does not even necessarily you know have the the necessity of selling it at some point in time. You yeah. know, it yeah. it needs to be a viable business. And when people talk about exits, you know, I mean, we we actually just did a massive thing in the company. We're, we're giving equity. To, to everybody at Uberall. Uh, and I, I think this is really cool. And then, you know, we all, we also had some some fun conversations of what this means and how this works. And there always is this word exit. And I'm I'm smiling and I, I really wanna wanna eradicate it a, a little bit because I mean who's exiting? You know, who's opening the door and leaving? You know, that's that's not me and ideally also not all my colleagues. Yeah. And ultimately it's about, you know, some investors making a return on the money that they invested. Yeah. So yeah. So there's the nicer term liquidity event. And 
and hey, you know, I mean, we didn't, do not need to sell our company so, so that investors can get money. We can also do an IPO. We can swap some investors for other investors and, and so on. Yeah. So, so what's, what's really the goal here? And it's, it's not the goal to, to go into this endeavor to build something that is attractive enough so, so that some fund, some uh, strategic acquirer, some PE, whatever, you know, will, will snack it up. It's, it's, you know, we're, we're on a fucking mission to, to make businesses successful and to help them thrive locally. Yeah. And we're not done there. And that's what I want to focus on. And the rest is really trailing factors to that. What is the goal today? And then compare it to how it has changed maybe to, let's say two, three, four years ago. Yeah. Look, I, I think, um, I mean, you said it, you know, a lot has changed in, in the last decade in, in the world around us. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. and I mean, uh, that, that actually is important in two ways here. Yeah? One, one is um, the, the, the world is covered by this digital layer. Yeah? And, and actually, um, half the time when people take their smartphone out of their pockets and are searching for something, they're searching for a product or for a place or for a service in their proximity. Yeah, and, and this has changed a lot since, since 2013 when I really started to look at these numbers, but it's more than half actually. And, and the pandemic probably has, has amplified that further. Let's look at what those numbers uh, for 21 are gonna look like. Yeah, and, yeah. and so what we are doing is, yeah, we, we are you know, working on empowering businesses to tap into this digital layer that mm -hmm. is surrounding the world and you know increase and improve how they are offering services to to their potential customers and customers and and really help them thrive in the proximity of of their customers yeah, so so empower businesses to to thrive locally yeah, and i i think the beautiful thing there is that the flip side you know the consumer side is that i think that there is you know there's always been this promise that technology is making our life better yeah? Yeah, and yeah. i i think it's it's changing it for sure and then when there's all these debates about retail and and e-commerce and and then there's online versus offline where if you if you look at it closely you know e-commerce is is only online a bit you know they're sending boxes around like crazy which is fairly offline yeah. uh, and and ultimately i think it's it's really about creating experiences. Yeah. So, um, what what's the best experience? And I, I think you know, what what the Amazons of this world are doing is is not really online, but hybrid actually, yeah, because part is on the website and part happens yeah. when you get the box, return the box, whatever. Yeah. Um, when when you need to write an email to get service, when you try to get somebody on the phone, and in the same way, um, stationary businesses, be it be it retail or anything, you know, also need to embrace you know, the, the new capabilities and, and really need to make sure that it's possible for customers to, to figure out where they are, what they are offering, what products they have that they present themselves in a way that their own business, you know, is appealing. And when people go there, you know, it's also not disappointing yeah. uh, and, and that they use all the modern forms of communication to be, um, to be available um, before and after a purchase or any sort of transaction and, and to really, you know, create an experience. And I think in a way, these, these things are getting closer and closer to, to what we call hybrid customer experience. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's funny that also the likes of, of Amazon and so on, you know, 
are opening up stores quite a bit actually yeah and um, from from buying whole foods to yeah. to having amazon bookstores to having these concepts where they have four star shops where, where there's only products that have four stars or more and and in the same way you know there's there's the the walmart of this world the starbucks of this world you know who are offering apps and where you can you know pre-order and in the pandemic this this uh, became more and more apparent to businesses that, that they need to adopt this. And frankly, I, I think there's a lot of winners that, that are adopting this fairly well. And then there's also a couple couple people, you know, who are falling off the cliff yeah, because they, they don't, they, they are stuck in the past. And I, I think um, if, if you do some research and you look at the last hundred years, you know, it's always been the case that, you know, they, they all used to be small stores, then they were small chains, and then, you know, maybe there were new concepts like department stores or, um, you know, bigger stores with better prices assortment. And at some point, you know, the, the coffee bar where you could sit and try stuff out and, and then malls came and then there was mail order and then there was e-commerce and then there was social commerce and you know the, the world has has been changing all the time you know just opening up a physical business and waiting for people to walk in is is not enough but but you gotta gotta evolve and a lot of people are, are doing this luckily and uh, you know fun fact is that the average person starting a business is 39 in Germany at least and um you know I, I know you're you're a bit away from that but uh, but you, you can calculate, you know, these guys are digital natives. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, so they have no problem to use WhatsApp to communicate with clients, to use their Instagram profile to showcase more what they got, to maybe also send stuff that, that people ordered from, from their business uh, on the weekend or because they're further away or whatever it is. And so, yeah. so I, I think it's great because you and I, as consumers, we benefit from this as it's about creating you know, richer experiences. And I mean, to, to close the loop there, what we are doing is we are building enterprise-grade software that enables um, businesses that have physical presences yeah, to, to do all this in the best possible ways, to, to really get found easily, to enable people to choose them, yeah, and, and then also to create, you know, loyalty and, and, and really rich customer relationships. Yeah, yeah, and and this is a big one, especially so. Um, lo I, you know, one word that you saw, uh, I think, two times, three times now was uh, so businesses to uh, you know, locally, locally was the word, and uh, I think that is a super big one, especially. Um, I I would assume Germany is still a difficult case to 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 kind of um, use as a as, as an example here. Because most people still live, let's say, in rural areas rather than, let's say, in the bigger cities. But that's a very big one, right? Because there's a big discussion about like how smaller cities and small, I would, you know, I would not even say like, you know, your, your 10, 10,000 uh, people village, but like uh, even like up to 100,000 or 150,000 people uh, cities that, that the inner cities are basically dying out. Is that like something that you think about as well? Like in the sense of, I mean, you know, your, your company tries yeah. to help these businesses, you know, to survive by the means of, you know, helping them to, to tap. Into I, I, I would, I would correct that a little bit. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think about, but because there's a nuance here and, and I mean, 
uh, you're, you're more or less right. Yeah? But using these words, you know, then, then we talk about businesses who want to survive. Yeah? But I have to say, I see that our, our clients, you know, um, usually are businesses that are thinking, that are forward thinking anyway. Yeah? And they're okay. not on the brink of going bankrupt. And then okay. they use Uber all and, and suddenly they are thriving. Yeah. But, but, you know, they, they are, what any business should do, always on the lookout, you know, how they can improve their, their offerings and their services. And I, I have a fairly pragmatic view on this. You know, I, like people sometimes ask me like, oh, and Flo, do you sometimes order something online? Yeah. And, and expect that I say, no, 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 no. I, I only go to local businesses. And, you know, I, that's not the case. I have a very healthy mix. There's things that I would never order online. I never bought a pair of shoe, shoes online or something. I never ordered anything at, at Zalando or the likes. Yeah. When I, when I look at my own behavior, and, and you know, for me, that's probably pretty healthy because I need to understand what consumers are doing. Obviously, I'm, I'm only one of many, many, yeah, and not the super prototypical one. Uh, but, but still, you know, I'm, I'm not thinking about, do I order something online? Do I order something offline? I'm thinking about, um, you know, what, what's my experience going to be? Am I going to get the, the service that I'm looking for? Yeah. Are there experts there? Is it available? Can I pick it up right now? You know, um, hey, is it fun to go there? And do I uh, maybe want to discover other things in, in the same same store or whatever? Yeah? And so it's, it's sometimes about really the convenience or um, sometimes actually also about the price. You know, I mean, I don't want to pay triple just to buy around the corner. Uh, yeah, and and I, I think, you know, this idea that we um, could you know, be so romantic uh, that local businesses get safe. Uh, um, hey, that's, that's, that's not happening. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. I, I think I, I, I read something the other day and I, I don't know, maybe you also, uh, you know, find, find the analogy interesting. You know, I, I read this quote about uh, vegetarians and vegans where, <laughs> where somebody said, look, we, we do not need, you know, one, 1% of the people to be perfect vegans. Yeah. We need, we need, you know, hundred percent of the people to be more mindful with their consumption. Yeah. And I, I think that's that, you know, we, as, as, when we're thinking about how to make local businesses thrive, yeah, we should not um, think about convincing the people around them to 100% of the time go there, yeah, but we should convince 100% of the people to always understand that this is an option and to, to also you know, see what they got in store literally uh, when, when they take the phone out of their pocket. All right, then let me play devil's advocate because like if we say, you know, have people be mindful about things and like to make conscious conscious decisions and smart decisions in that sense right in terms of their consumption the question is like who's supposed to do that is a business to do that because ultimately you know let me let me take take facebook in this regard right so facebook from F facebook now transitioning to this entire uh, metaverse thing you know where they basically want to get people right into this entire digital world right that that that's that's where they want to put them into right that's where, where they that, that's where the big promises are right that that you can like have amazing stuff there and obviously the entire business is then basically based on how many hours or how much time you are spending in there right even though right sh should they not also be proclaiming then that it's also obviously very healthy and very good 
to um, you know to have a physical experience etc i mean that's a that's a different example but ultimately same goes for for you know the one in the physical store obviously wants you to buy most in the physical store while the one that has an online platform right wants you to buy as much stuff online <laughs> yeah well I, i'm i'm not so i'm not so sure so so i mean it's a fantastic conversation it's i'm i'm super happy to spend a couple of minutes on it yeah mm-hmm. though i want to say i'm not an expert for for metaverse i do yeah. actually have yeah. a, a vr headset because i i want to try <laughs> these things out yeah um but, but you know this is really obviously you know all my my very unprofessional opinion here yeah um, yeah but i mean first of all look at look at what we already said in the beginning uh, the, the likes of amazon understand that you also need to have some physical footprint to to create right. these hybrid experiences yeah? and whenever people are putting their money where their mouth is yeah um I, I think that that means a lot. Yeah. So, so I think that that's one. And then the other one is, I mean, it's great, you know, but as, as many, uh, whatever, uh, sneakers, NFTs, as you can buy, you know, you can still not wear them, uh, but you need shoes. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, so I think there's a lot of things that are, are happening physically, you know, when, when you want to eat something, you know, you're going to do that physically. Yeah. Um, so, so I, I, I think that we're going to get rid of the real world. You know, that's, that's not a big, big problem right now. Yeah. And also I do think that, um, I mean, I, I can imagine that there is um, some, some people really want to spend the majority of time uh, with their headsets on, you know, you can just look at some people who spend the majority of their free time playing video games. Fine. You know, I, I think that's great, but I, I think that's, that's not humankind. You know, that's, that's some people. And, you know, there's also crazy benefits. We, since, since really March 2020, are a remote first company, highly distributed anyway around the globe, but now also, you know, uh, not even stuck to our uh, offices. Um, you know, we have some, some offices that are unfortunately really large and pretty empty. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but, you know, um, sitting at home and meeting digitally and, hey, you know, if, if we could record this podcast and I would not see the video on the screen here, but I, uh, you know, would virtually sit in front of you and it was a more, um, you know, uh, a richer experience in recognizing you and you seeing my gestures and I reading your body language and so on, of course, you know, that, that could be worthwhile. So, so I think there's a case for it. Uh, I, I, then again, you know, I'm, a friend of mine said, and he's always, he's cool, you know, uh, actually he's the guy I'm meeting for dinner. But so when, when he thinks about these trends and so on, he's also working as a marketeer and in, in branding agencies. And um, um, so he was like, okay, but, but imagine, I mean, these, these, these things are super clunky at the moment. Who's, who's really putting that on going into virtual reality. And at the same time, also always ignores everybody around them, you know, and imagine, Imagine wearing a VR headset in a shopping mall. You'd look stupid. Yeah. So, yeah. so really, at the moment, VR is something that people do uh, behind closed doors. Yeah? So, of course, maybe at some point we don't leave the house anymore and do that. But I, I think you know, I mean, having having been in almost three weeks Corona quarantine, you know, I can I can feel that there is a natural urge to to also leave the house. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, so I'm I'm fairly skeptic. I, I think these these things are necessary, and it's gonna go somewhere and there's going to be parts where you know it's it may also bring the world closer together and right? where this digital layer again you know allows us to connect with the world 
yeah, in a in a different way. I I think you know it's it's a beautiful idea to think that colleagues all around the world can sit together in one meeting room. I saw that the next Facebook hardware is meant to also read your face gestures and so on. So so there's more possible with your avatar. You know, uh, fine. You know, all of that is probably cool. Yeah, and and at the same time, you know, I. I think at, at the moment the discussion almost sounds like uh, like the metaverse is going to replace our world. Yeah, and I I mean for me that would be very dystopian, and and I I think we are far from it. Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean I was just making an analogy to uh, to basically um, challenge your quote of like saying like you know we we need to we need to make people more conscious about it right the question is like who is we right does is a company we i think a company will always i mean that that goes into very like uh economic theories and 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 a little bit of ethical um uh, twist to this you know in terms of what are the 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 uh, responsibilities of a, of a company towards its customers be, beyond just making profits right so, oh yeah, yeah, ab absolutely, ab absolutely. I agree with that. But but one one thing, and maybe I I said it in the mis in a way that could be misunderstood. Um, um, I think it's not about making people conscious about what they should do. Uh, there, you know, I'm an economist uh, at heart. Yeah, where where I would say we need to create the right incentives, uh, yeah. and these incentives are that my experience uh, yeah. um, um, in interacting with businesses around me, you know, is better. Than, than my experience interacting with e-commerce stores. And I, I think at, at some point you, you could really see that e-commerce stores were, were trying to mimic parts of the experience that I could have in local businesses. And one, I think one, one catchy example there is, you know, when Zalando started to allow you to send stuff back and forth without any charge, also send stuff back. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, you know, um, having, having high returns uh, and because people would just you know order three pairs of shoes consciously that they would only want to keep one yeah, yeah and yeah, yeah. and definitely going to send two back and and if you think about it that's exactly to mimic the experience in a shoe store you know where you go and you try these 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 and you buy one yeah and so yeah. so i think they became quite creative and quite pragmatic in doing a couple of these things uh, I, but there's probably also limits to that yeah and i I'm really, you know, um, enjoying to see what businesses around me can do. Yeah, yeah, that that e-commerce stores cannot match, and and then ultimately maybe also what they are going to come up with. Yeah, and yeah. and so I, I think it's yeah, it's an interesting thing. And again, you know, us as consumers, we we benefit from this because it's about creating the right incentives for us. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. So let me let me ask you maybe a different question. Are you like are you a person that is super focused or uh, in terms of you know just like everything everything is going into professional professional wise um, you know business wise uh, that is like you know all all everything goes into into you were all or are you also kind of like a person that has like some sort of FOMO uh, uh, a little bit of FOMO maybe and just like also kind of looks left and right and and tries to maybe like you know to see it through through your own company's perspective to see like okay so what, what should, is that important for us but like also just in general you know like is that something that i personally need to be aware of and stuff like that or are you just like that person that just says like you know fuck that that's that, that's not my that's not my cup of tea i i cannot like be i, I cannot sit on 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 10 chairs you know 
And to me, um, to me, what, what you described uh, last, you know, the very focused person also sounds a bit boring. So I like to believe <laughs> that, that I'm, that I'm, that I'm different there, but you know, it's not about sitting on 10 chairs. It's more about, you know, a healthy degree of curiosity or, um, you know, um, I, I think what people should have and what I believe, I like to believe that I have and, and it served me really well is the ability to get curious and excited about many different things. Uh, and then, um, you know, of course, you know, wearing the Uber glasses, I, I can look at all of these and try to try to see, you know, if, if that also means that, that we could do something additionally or so. Yeah, but, but at the same time, um, you know, I'm a nerd about bikes. I'm a nerd about road bikes and also cycling. I'm, I'm a nerd about uh, whatever, coffee. I, I'm, I'm a triathlete lately, you know, that, that goes so crazy well with quarantine, but, but I like these things. Um, I, I like cooking. I, I bought a crazy pizza oven and I can tell you all about dough <laughs> chemistry now and, and so on. And so I, I think it's, it's a little bit about, you know, doing, doing many things, but then um, trying to, to figure them out in a way, you know? Yeah. So I, I don't like to be just the consumer, but, but I want to understand the, the, how to how to optimize things and yeah. tinker with them a little bit. Yeah. So the software of my coffee machine is open source, and and there you know you can try to to change uh, some some aspects of, of what you want to do. Yeah. And so um, I, for for me personally, you know, it's it's really about picking things and and then also diving into them. Yeah. And uh, you know there there are examples for where where I maybe you know spend too much time thinking about them versus, you know, just taking them off. But, but then again, I'm enjoying that. So, so I think that's fine. Yeah. So if, if Uberall would not exist in 12 months, okay, what would you do? Huh. Yeah, that, that, Literally, that is, that you wake up, question. you wake up and there's no Uberall. It's like, <laughs> you cannot open up. First of, first of all, you know, that's, we have to talk about this. What does this mean? You know, can I still call all the Uberallers and ask them what they are doing today? <laughs> yeah. So, um, <laughs> uh, no, no, I, I, I get the picture. Um, no, probably I would first put on my running shoes, go running and think about what I'm going to do with the day. Uh, and uh, you know what? I, I think that, um, you know, I'm, I, I mean, there, there's a flip side to, to doing Uber for 10 years, right? I, there, there's people who in this time started five companies and say that they're three were entrepreneurs. <laughs> so um, I, I've only started one business. <laughs> um, there's topics that I find crazy interesting. I I also do find whatever ever everything uh, decentralized finance interesting. Yeah, and I by by now also you know looking at how how does that make a dent in the world? I I think you know there's there's also other problems to tackle. Yeah, I mean everything climate uh, is, is something. Yeah, I I do know some people who went into politics. Yeah, I I could not be a politician. Um, still i'm i'm mindful that that i think there are some some problems you know that would be worthwhile spending spending time and resources on on to figure out yeah um but but then you know there's there's also always this and i, th I think a little bit of serendipity doesn't hurt you know um do you have a good idea of how to make a dent into these things uh, and yeah. do you have a good understanding of how how you could improve what what's happening yeah and I so so I don't know. Uh, I don't know what it would be. I, I don't have a plan B. 
have, um, but I'm fairly confident that I would not be bored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's, uh, that's, that's absolutely true. Um, how do you, is, is there something that you are concerned about? Like, do you worry about something unconsciously, consciously? Oh, I, I worry about many things. So, um, I mean, look, we have two years of pandemic, yeah? and I mean, professionally speaking, I, I, it's it's part of my job to take care of all my colleagues. And there's been so many stories and individual stories where you see how how the world, how COVID, and has has been impacting them, and that's yeah. on on many layers. Yeah? And I think that is that is something you know that probably everybody uh, knows to some degree. Yeah, but but it's top of mind for me. You know, and. I think it's also beautiful to see how as communities, you know, we, we then start to worry a little bit for, for each other and, and um, uh, take care of each other. Yeah. So, so that's one. And then, um, I, I mean, I, I think there's so much going on in the world, you know, uh, when, when you wake up and, and you are by now somewhat, um, somewhat numb to reading how many Corona infections, Corona deaths we, yeah. we had, and yeah. that there's, you know, maybe war starting uh, between Russia and Ukraine, uh, you know, that that the world doesn't care crazy much about climate change, <laughs> that, they, you know, that there's, there's these things, yeah, and, and I think they're, they're big, and then there's always the question, you know, how do I cope with them, and what's the impact that I can have on them, and, and then, you know, there's, there's what you, what you see, see around you, you know, and I, I, I think education is a crazy cool topic, I told you, you know, that there's a lot of educators in my in my family yeah, and yeah. i have three super cool nephews and when i look at them in the last two years you know i've been thinking about education a lot yeah, yeah. and i mean there's many people working on it and i, I recognize that it's a crazy tough problem yeah, but, but still i i find that super interesting yeah and i i mean look i i do think that with everything that we as humankind have at at our disposal, yeah. I, I do believe the world should be a better one than it is right now, yeah. yeah? And I'm I'm not entirely sure where to start, yeah. But I I think we as humankind currently are a little bit behind our potential. Yeah, I think that that's not due to the fact that you know that we have so many things at our disposal, but more or less due to the fact uh, that that we are humans, right? So I think there will always be problems <laughs> because of, of of humans themselves, right? But um, uh, you know, speaking of speaking of Uberall and and kind of the next the next uh, the years to come, do you plan? Do you plan or do you do you kind of like tingle with the idea of bringing bring the company public? Yeah, of course, of course we do, but but not super concretely. I mean, you know, there are some some things, and that's very well connected to to some things that we discussed earlier. You know, um, it's there is the need to have some some optionality at any given point of a company's trajectory. I think you need to be able to tell your investors, for example, you know, yeah, where this can go, so so that their financial investment and let's face it, you know, I mean, most most VCs give you money because they want more money back yeah. Yeah. Um, so you know that there's optionality for for them to to reach this yeah and i think when you only have one option which in the beginning might super well be the case you know then that that's normally you know being being acquired you know then that, that's already tied and you should, should really foster that yeah 
Um, and that's then always, you know, the question between runway and, and optionality. But you look for us, I, I think we are in the more more uh, comfortable position that structurally speaking, we are the size where where an IPO is is obviously on the table. Uh, and I, I think that's that's good. Yeah, but um but, but you know it's it's not my my everyday dream that I definitely want to do this. Yeah, again, I, I do think that it's uh, an outcome, you know, of, yeah, of yeah, all the yeah. other things that we do. Yeah. yeah. And at some point, if we want to do this, obviously there's a, there's a lot of work that goes into these things. And probably it's also really exciting to see this firsthand behind the scenes. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. So why not? Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, in, in when, when I look in the overall context, you know, building, building the best company for the best people and, um, you know, really killing it with, with our go-to-market and our product and uh, really creating value for our customers are, are the things that I'm focused on because, you know, that's just going to give us more optionality. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you as, you as one of the, the founders, right, you, you work for your employees, right? So you, you try to, to do your best to support them and everything. And you're kind of, you know, in the position that where people, you know, you're leading the company, but who, like, who's a person that you seek, like, where you get advice from? Like, where, who are, like, is it just generally that you speak with, like, your friends and people and, and you know, of your network? But, like, or do you have, like, literally, yes, I don't know, like, one, two it's people? A. It's A. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I, I, I don't want to say this. I mean, I, that's this beautiful thing, you know, I, I didn't say it, but I use it. You know, when, when people say like, who's the boss, you know, I, I think it's, it's not flow who's the boss, reality is the boss. Yeah? And so it's yeah. not about making decisions, but about finding decisions. And, yeah. and the stuff where people say, flow, that's your call, normally is the one where there's two options and nobody's really sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, so I, I think, you know, that in, in a way is quote unquote easy. Yeah? And then depending on what the problem is, you know, there are different people to speak with. And sometimes uh, that, that may, I mean, David, my, my co-founder is, is very high on the list yeah? um, and, uh, you know, picking up the phone and asking him stuff is, is amazing. Yeah? But, yeah. but, you know, sometimes there's also things and I'm sure that you have the same, be it with work or with your family or, you know, um, that, that is on your mind. And, and then, you know, you ideally have, have great friends to talk to and, you know, you kind of sometimes know the direction the answers are going to be in. You know, is it more the philosophical, the emotional, the um, the, the problem solving kind of answer that you're getting? Yeah, and yeah. so you know, I'm I'm picking from that, and and there's a network of of you know people in the company of of friends. My brother is a great resource, actually. Our investors, of course, and I think also you know there's. What, what people do underestimate is that a lot of questions have been asked already uh, and it <laughs> never hurts to do some research. Yeah. Uh, and and yeah, I really mean reading, you know, reading. Maybe also by now listen to some podcasts to get ideas. Yeah. And, and no, I mean, it's not that they all have the perfect answer, but maybe they also give you some comfort um, about the degree of certainty that you have with decisions uh, that, that you are taking. Yeah. And so, so I, I think it's, it's, a pretty good mix yeah my question is are you are you like super good with um with uh balancing out sleep 
and work intensity or like how many hours do you sleep you know you know that that's a beautiful question that is a beautiful question it's it's close to my heart you know i i want to tell you i think the most impactful book that i read last year was a book called why we sleep yeah i i would recommend it yeah actually if, if you give me your address i'll send it to you yeah? um and and you know it's it, it's it's really underestimated what impact sleep has on our life in, in so many aspects and i try to to sleep a bit more but but actually because i think it's a great investment to to my my own state to my own performance actually be a bit as yeah. a as a colleague or or as a sportsman yeah yeah and and so i, I think that's super necessary and you know in, the, in that way also the the last two years that were super impacted by the pandemic were quite interesting because I think it allowed all of us to do some experiments with our own behavior, right? And yeah. to try to adopt some rhythms and so on. Yeah. And by now, I, I will tell you this. I, I do, do know that I work a lot. I try to also be very active outside of working hours. I do have many great friends. I have a super nice girlfriend that I like to spend time with. I <laughs> love sports, cooking, whatever. Yeah. And I also try to, to sleep enough. Um, so, you know, probably the, the trick is to try to cut down on, on Netflix and shit yeah? and, and really have your priorities straight there. And, and I, I think that's possible. Uh, so so I, I would really recommend the book. And ultimately, I don't think also that's a bit of the flip side, you know, that there is any heroism in, in you know, working, working 15 hours every day. No, because if, yeah. you, if you think about it, that, that would actually be stupid. You know, I have hundreds of colleagues. And what difference does it make if I work two hours more on a given day? Yeah. And, and so, you know, there's this thing about working, working smart, not hard. And there are definitely crunch times. And I think, you know, it's, it's about being smart in, in when you do this. Yeah. And I mean, when there's something to do, when there's something important, I'll be there. And I think, I hope. I'm also yeah. kind of sure that everybody around me knows that they can count on this. Yeah. But, but when it's not possible, yeah, I think then it is about, you know, how you're prioritizing, how you're focused while you're working and how you're while you're not working. And I think recovery is an interesting thing there also, you know, because every, every person in sports, uh, you know, is thinking about recovery like crazy. There are rumors that, Roger Federer sleeps 12 hours every day. Yeah. And, um, and, and, you know, I, I think um, when, when you say that you can work to a degree that, that it's almost like a professional athlete, yeah, then, then maybe you should then also think about recovery in that way. Yeah, absolutely. The funny thing is why you, when you mentioned that book, you know, like um, I'm actually trying to get Matthew Walker on the podcast. Uh, and uh, I, I think I think I'll, I'll make it happen. But uh, because I've I've been thinking about you know or reading also a lot about sleep, also just from a biological perspective on the different processes that are happening in the body, I think it's super fascinating. Yes. It's super it's fascinating. It's so much more than people think. Hey, everybody listening, read that book. I, there's no commission for us here, but but I think it's a good one. <laughs> it, it is absolutely a good one. But the funny thing is, like um, 
beginning of December, remember when, when we, we, we were actually supposed to record in the office at Ural, when in that week when I, when, when I got sick and I was in Berlin, um, I, I, I actually, I, I remember my friend, um, my friend saying, you know, the funny thing about this book is every, every founder or like CEO, or whatever, has it on, on his or her table, <laughs> just as, you know, as a reminder, you know, <laughs> get more fucking sleep. But like the, the, the reality is that people are not doing it. It's actually super funny. And now commenting on uh, what you just said is, I think it, the most important thing is that people need to understand themselves like best you know like they need to understand on like what do they need in order to perform best like the thing about it and and i sometimes i ask myself whether so people in business right whether they they they, they are not really conscious about that because they just like an athlete right um he or she knows his or her body very well you know because like you, you start to, to you, when you're an athlete, you start when you're a small child. And so you, you understand your body very, very well. You understand like what tweaks and what things you need, like nutrition wise, sleep wise, workout wise, right? Like all these different things that make you to perform better as a business person. You don't, right. You just literally, you start at some, some age. And then the, the thing is, there's this notion in society of like, okay, the more hours you spend, the better it is. Right. And so I think, yeah. Well, but that's lame. That, that's so 2005, you know, and, and I also do think, you know, that there are many people actually who are entrepreneurs, um, yeah. but, but I mean, or, you know, work, working in a similar fashion that are thinking about these and, and they all have their, their own systems and they swear that this is, you know, how it works. Yeah. And, and also, you know, the nerd I, that I am, I'm wearing a tracking bracelet. And I'm actually tracking sleep hours and sleep heart rate and these things. Yeah. And um, I mean, it's it's somewhat scientific. It's not perfect, uh, but but it's interesting to see and also you know keeping you honest about how how you are doing stuff or not. And when when the app then tells me like, hey, you know what, um, your sleep opportunity actually always speaking about sleep opportunity, you know, was okay. Um, you know, but but you need to be more consistent in in the times when when you go yeah. to bed and, and wake yeah. up and so on. You know, that's actually the one that I'm struggling with. I, I think I'm getting enough sleep, but I have too much variance in when it happens. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I I think that's that's interesting. And and no man, I, I I think you know if if we take pride in being super smart people, yeah, then then we should also be smart about these things. Yeah. And I. Uh, again, you know, I, I really think there's no heroism, but but it's more, you know, work work super smart and a little hard. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Hey, uh, Flo, it was amazing to have you in the show. Thanks a lot for taking time. You know, uh, great conversation, and hope to have you back one day. I will definitely come back and I will miss speaking with you every four weeks. <laughs> so it's really great that, that we managed uh, to, to get this recorded. Thank you so much for having me.